As we inch closer and closer to the end of the regular season, one big question comes to mind. What's up with the play-in tournament? I'll break down the relatively new method of earning a playoff spot right now on this episode of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. What's good, everyone? It's Jordan Pecolino and host of the Boundless and Ballin' Podcast. Of course, the play-in tournament is about a week or so away, and I wanted to break, da- break that down on this particular episode. So first of all, if you don't know, here's the format of that tournament. The 7 and the seven through 10 seeds from the East and West face off in a 7-8 and 9-10 matchup to determine who gets the 7th and 8th seed. It was introduced last year in the bubble and was recently announced that it would be permanent. Now some of the reactions to this play-in tournament are rather mixed. After the Lakers' 121-114 loss to the Raptors, LeBron said, whoever came up with that needs to be fired. Well, they're currently 7th in the West and struggling with injuries. There are also mixed reactions to the tournament overall by fans, with most saying it makes the regular season more exciting, and, so, and others viewing it as unnecessary and bad for teams who worked so hard just to be potentially upset by a lower seed. And now I'm going to break down some of the potential teams in the play-in tournament. As it stands right now, the West teams in play-in contention are the Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs, while the East teams are the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, and Wizards. Starting off with the West, the Lakers are 2-8 in their last 10 and struggling mightily without LeBron and Schroeder, even if AD is almost at 100%. They just lost to Portland 106-101 last night. Damian Lillard had 38-4-7, while AD had 36-12 boards. They will face Golden State in the playing tournament as it stands at the moment, and they have to go up against a red-hot Stephen Curry. The Warriors are 6-4 in their last 10 with Curry doing it all. They can definitely make the playoffs with how he's been performing, but as I just mentioned, they'll have to go against the defending champion, LA Lakers. The Grizzlies, 4-6 in the last 10. Jaw has been very well this season, 19-4-7, while shooting 45-30-74. and 74. Uh, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, and Jaron Jackson Jr. have also been doing very well recently, and Jackson has finally played after that meniscus injury. In seven games so far, he has averaged 14.3 points per game, 5.4 rebounds a game, and 1.3 blocks per game while shooting 42% from the field, 27% from three, and 82% from the free throw line. The Spurs, also 4-6 and six in the last 10, with DeRozan, Keldon Johnson, and DeJounte Murray performing very well for Coach Pop this season. Johnson has been a big part of their starting lineup, averaging 13-6-2 in 63 games and 61 starts. Now breaking down the East teams in playing contention, the Celtics are 4-6 and six in their last 10. Jason Tatum has been carrying them so far. Jalen Brown has missed the last few games with a right ankle sprain, and the Celtics haven't been fully healthy all year. This continues as Brown, Tristan Thompson, and Romeo Langford miss time. They do stand a really good chance against the Charlotte Hornets, who are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Lamelo is back, and Miles Bridges has done well, but I really don't see them having much of a chance in the play-in tournament. The Indiana Pacers, also 5-5 five five in their last 10, with Sabonis playing out of his mind lately. He's been putting up 20.3 points per game, 11.8 rebounds a game, and 6.3 assists per game in the course of this season. In his last 10, however, he's been putting up 26.3 points per game, 14.8 rebounds a game, and 10 assists per game for a 6'11 power forward. Unreal. Not to mention Karis LeVert just had 31 and 12 dimes against the Hawks on May 6th. They could put up a fight against the Washington Wizards. And speaking of the Wizards, they're 6-4 in their last 10. Westbrook and Beal have been going crazy lately. More on Russ later. Beal, however, has been putting up 31.1 points per game, 4.7 rebounds a game, and 4.5 dimes per game 
while shooting 45 or 48% from the field, 35% from three, and 89% from the free throw line. They can definitely advance to the eighth seed with their dynamic duo and good supporting cast. Now teams that could slide into the play-in tournament, the Portland Trailblazers, they're currently sixth in the West, Miami Heat, sixth in the East, Hawks, fifth in the East, and the Mavericks, fifth in the West. And now, moving on to Russell Westbrook. He's currently averaging 21.8 points a game, 11.4 rebounds a game, and 11.4 dimes per game. He recently became the first player in NBA history to record 50 rebounds and 50 assists in a three-game span. If he records a triple-double next game against the Hawks on May 10th, he'll break Oscar Robinson's record for career triple-doubles. Scott Brooks has publicly said that Westbrook will be a top-two point guard in NBA history when it's all said and done which, in my opinion, is absolutely blasphemous. Aside from Magic, there's still guys like Jason Kidd, Oscar Robinson, Steph, and Isaiah Thomas, who are undoubtedly top 10 point guards in history. Russ could end up being a top 5 point guard of all time, but to say he's top 2, definitely a major stretch in my eyes. Another player who's been going crazy lately has been Jason Tatum. He just became the first Celtic in, history, in franchise history to have multiple 50-point games in a season. Over the course of his last 9 games, he's been putting up around 28 points per game, 8 rebounds a game and 5 assists per game while shooting 43% from the field, 37% from 3, and, 80, and 87% from the free throw line. Now, aside from his 9 points on 3 of 15 shooting and 0 of 7 from 3, yesterday against Chicago, he's been putting up monster numbers in those last 9 games. He had a career-high 60 in a 32-point comeback against the Spurs on April 30th. Now, the big question becomes, can he carry his team to a deep playoff run? As I mentioned earlier, the Celtics are in contention for that play-in tournament, but if they make it out, they'll have to face the Super Team Brooklyn Nets in the first round as part of the 2v7 matchup. He won't be able to get out of the first round, but the Celtics could take the Nets to six games if Tatum plays like he did over that insane span. And finally, here are my predictions for the end-of-season awards. For the MVP, I have Nikola Jokic winning it. He's been carrying the Nuggets, particularly with Jamal Murray out. Uh, I thought a lot of people... Had Jokic winning MVP this season, with given how he's been playing, he pretty much edges out Embiid and Curry, and uh, has been doing wonders so far this season. I remember his uh, fifth, uh, 47 point game, uh, first thing that comes to mind, and how he's just been one of the best passing big men of all time. Um, again, Nick Wright said that he would be, I believe, the worst MVP of this season, but of course with everything Nick Wright says, or almost everything Nick Wright says, he might as well be called Nick Wrong. So yeah, Jokic gets the MVP in my book. Rookie of the Year, LaMelo Ball. I think most people had Melo winning it even before he stepped foot in the league, uh, just knowing how amazing he was and has been, even with his uh, injury that kept him out for about a month or so. He definitely edges out Edwards uh, with the way he's been able to carry the Hornets into a play-in spot. Uh, sixth man of the year, I think this is almost unanimous, Jordan Clarkson. He's been amazing for Quinn Snyder and Utah. Another former Laker in my book for end-of-season awards, Julius Randle. I have him winning most improved player. He has resurrected the Knicks with his amazingly strong play and greatly improved his stats from last season. The Knicks still in play and contention, playoff contention right now, and it's going to be fun to see how they do in the postseason. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Giannis taking that one. He's been putting up 1.2 steals a game and 1.3 blocks a game in 56 games. He's looking to get back-to-back -back Defensive Players of the Year awards at season's end. 
Coach of the year, I have Quinn Snyder taking that one. Jazz currently have the best record in the league at 49-18, and 18, and Snyder has been a big part of their success, especially early on. And finally, Executive of the Year. I have Sean Marks getting that one. Trading for Harden and signing Blake Griffin off the buyout market has made Brooklyn a formidable force in the league, and time will tell if they can capitalize off their success with a championship at season's end. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Balance and Ballin' Podcast. I'll admit, the play-in tournament could very well change how the uh, MVP is looked at. You never know if Steph Curry could pop off and knock off the Lakers. But the uh, play-in tournament not only adds some uh, regular season excitement, but also could potentially impact the MVP race. So you never know if Jokic is bumped off of the MVP race and uh, Steph Curry takes it. And honestly, that's the unpredictability of the entire regular season and the NBA as a whole, which is just really fun to see. And uh, we'll see you back here in two weeks. I'm Jordan Buckley-Nellon. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace.